thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not Pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour. Knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. Hospitality is one of the most important practices of the Christian faith. Hospitality at heart is how we express the love of neighbor. Hospitality is our welcoming and caring for visitors, guests, and strangers in our midst. You know, hospitality has a long biblical history, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You think about how in the Old Testament, there is this commandment, not even a suggestion, a commandment to care for the widow, the orphan, and the stranger. And that stranger, the Hebrew word ger, really means the person who is not like us, the person who's not one of our people. It's someone, yes, someone who will maybe uh, look different or sound different or, 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 or have different uh, cultural values. It's someone who is not from among our people, and yet the commandment is to care for the stranger. And, of course, you get to the New Testament, and Jesus is the epitome of hospitality, and then you see that reflected again and again in Paul's letters where he really urges and encourages his communities to show hospitality and often to the stranger. So there is this 
this biblical history, this, this importance of practicing hospitality. I know sometimes we think that some people have the gift of hospitality, but really every single one of us who follows Jesus is supposed to be practicing hospitality and the love of the neighbor. Now, I, I do think that this village has a history of being pretty darn good with hospitality. I, I think of Village Cafe, I think of Mobile Meals. In fact, uh, some lady called the church, uh, Dave, this, this week uh, and said, oh, that taco salad, it was so good, and you put the ingredients in a separate container. She was just so happy. That's, that's hospitality. We don't know who she was, but she called because she really liked the meal. And hospitality is the way we will greet visitors and people who show up at the church for one thing or another. We're pretty good at that. And just as an aside, as we begin to reopen the church, uh, we're going to have to think again about all our ways of expressing hospitality and what we may have learned through the pandemic and now how we will move forward as God's people in this important task of hospitality. But in any case, you know, when you stop and you think about hospitality, and if I ask you to sort of write down what hospitality means, and then we come to this story of Abraham in chapter 18, and it may change and deepen and shape our understanding of hospitality in some ways that we weren't really thinking about. And of course, the first thing you need to look at is that generally we think of hospitality in terms of planned activities. Sure, if you're going to invite someone over to your home, uh, I have a feeling most of us are going to tidy up. We're going to think through what we're going to serve. We're, if we're having a, a bridge party, we're going to set out the tables. We're going to be prepared to, to host this group of people. But what happens when it's that day when you got the grandkids or the kids and the neighbor's kids and the house is in chaos and there's an uproar and it's dinner time and you're throwing together some spaghetti and someone shows up at the door, knock, 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 are you going to say, gosh, this is not such a good time. Come back tomorrow. You're going to say, excuse the mess and the chaos and all we got is spaghetti, but come on in. You are welcome here. Because you see, the true task of hospitality comes in the unexpected moments in the unexpected encounters. That's what's going on in this story with Abraham. I mean, think about it. It tells us, first of all, that it's the heat of the day. Now, if you've ever been in the Middle East and, you know, it's like noontime, you can pretty much expect it's 110 degrees or more. It's hot, and the custom is that you're going to sit down at the flap of the tent and you're just going to relax because it's really too hot to be doing anything. But then on top of that, go back and see what has just happened in Chapter 17. God has given Abraham the sign of the covenant. 
And as such, Abraham and all the male members of his household have been circumcised. Now, it doesn't say then in chapter 18, now three days later or a week later, it could have just been that morning. And Abraham is going to be sitting at the flap of the tent feeling a little uncomfortable. He's probably a little bit sore. And the last thing he wants to be is jumping up and running around. And yet, as he's sitting at the tent, here come these three strangers walking by. And Abraham jumps up and runs to them. He's not expecting anybody. And yet, here in this encounter, he jumps up, he runs to them, he says, look, it's the middle of the day, it's really hot, you shouldn't be out, I don't know who you are, it doesn't really matter, why don't you sit under the tree, rest yourselves, take it easy for a little while, I'll get you something to eat, I'll get you something to drink, we'll wash your feet, and then when it cools off, you can go on. It's this long speech, he's bowing before them, and then the visitors are like, all right. Right? They don't have much to say in return. They're like, okay, if you say so, we will. And so we begin with this idea that he's not expecting it, and yet still he's ready to meet them in this unexpected moment. But then there's a second thing here. As they agree, Abraham takes off running again. Now, listen, he could have gone in the tent, found the day-old bread, brought a cup of water, set it before him and said, here you go, here's something for you. But instead, he goes above and beyond what is expected. He runs in the tent and says, Sarah, make up some fresh bread for these people. He runs to the field. He finds one of his best young calves. He says to the servant, hey, you know, get this prepared so that the guests can have meat. And then he goes and he draws water and he comes to them and he washes their feet. That should remind us, we should hear echoes of Jesus washing his disciples' feet in this act of humility. They're strangers, and he's washing their feet. What we see is Abraham going above and beyond what might be expected of him. And I don't think this is always about money and how much money we spend. I think it's about how much we are willing to give of ourselves when we encounter a stranger and are offering hospitality. And this is what Abraham does. But then that's not all. Once this food has been prepared, Abraham brings it out. He sets it before them. He could easily have said, okay, now I'm going to go back in the tent and I'm going to chill out for a while and let these guys eat. No, no. He stays right there with them. I think of this as sort of the ministry of presence. He sits with them. If they talk, he talks. If they don't talk, he, he remains silent, but he stays present to these strangers 
Because there's this biblical understanding that when strangers get together, when they break bread together, when they sit together, they become friends. In fact, they become family. And after all, the heart of the biblical witness is this idea that without God, we are broken and scattered, and in and through God in Jesus Christ, we become one people. We learn to see one another as children of God, as created in the image of God. We grow our human family larger and larger. That's the biblical understanding. We stay with people. We get to know them. And it brings us together. Once we were strangers, and now we are friends. So we see this unexpectedness. We see Abraham going above and beyond. We see this third piece as well of him just hanging out with them. But you know, the thing about this story is, we know as it begins that God has sent these people to pass by the tent. Abraham doesn't know that. And you, you kind of have to wonder what would have happened if he had been like, oh, it's a bad day. I'm just going to let him go on by. Because after all, the next thing that happens is they bring the message that Sarah's going to have a child. She's going to laugh because she's like, I'm 65. Yeah, fat chance that. But the promise of God comes to Sarah and Abraham through these strangers passing by. And it says to us, you never know. In, in extending hospitality to the stranger, how God will bless your own life. Abraham didn't, didn't do what he did out of some expectation of return. But look what happened. Look what God did. The way these strangers blessed Abraham and Sarah. You know, this past week, I read this story about a woman named Sarah. Coincidence. I don't know how that happened. But Sarah was at work, and uh, something went wrong. I don't know for sure with what, but her computer or her software and she needed to call tech support. Now, it's like Sally being at work in the office on the Breeze software, and something isn't working, and then she'd dial the 1-800 number and say, how come this isn't working? You need to talk me through it. And so Sarah dialed the number for tech support, and a young man answered, and he said, uh, and who am I speaking with today? And she said, well, this is Sarah. And he said, hi, Sarah, and where are you? And Sarah told him where she was. And, and then she turned around and she said to him, and where are you? There was this silence. And then in a very soft voice, the young man said, I'm in New Delhi. 
as Sarah caught her breath because she's been paying attention to the news and she understood that India has the highest, most devastating levels of COVID-19 right now, that the levels of infection, that the levels of death at the hospitals are overwhelmed, that there aren't enough respirators, worse than what we went through just a few months ago. And so she said, oh, so how are you doing? And the young man started to cry. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I've lost 10 people I love in the last 10 days. And Sarah said, you don't need to be sorry, no apologies. And then she said, you know what? My little technical problem is not that important. Listen, if you want to stay on the phone just talking to me, or if you want to stay on the phone and just stay silent so you have just some time to be with your grief, I'm happy to do that. And so Sarah sat for an hour on the phone with this stranger talking to him about the tragedies and his heartbreak. And I don't know, but I imagine that when they ended that conversation, they shared at least email addresses so that Sarah could follow up and he could follow up because they had been strangers when that phone call began, and an hour later, they were friends. They were family. You see, Sarah had not been expecting any kind of hospitality to be required. She went above and beyond setting aside her own needs and her own day to be present to him, and then she was present to someone in need who needed care for at least an hour. That is the concept of biblical hospitality. It shows our faith in God. It shows our love of neighbor in how we respond day in and day out to the stranger who passes by wherever we might be. I wonder in this day or, or tomorrow, when we are out and about doing our ordinary lives, whether we will recognize the stranger passing by who might just need our hospitality. And if we extend it, who knows? what blessing God might give to us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.